Bitch in Berlin. Bitch in Berlin. This week I met up with Grace Young, who is a Korean-American stand-up from New York, who performs internationally. Her comedy blends short-form storytelling with an absurdist bent feminist wit and bone-dry wisecracks. She lives in LA, but we're very lucky that she's visiting at the moment. So, first of all, let's listen to her rant. Um, so, like, yesterday I did a revolver at Wowsville, and then, um, like, a few of, the, a few of my uh, guy friends, male comics, were there. And they went over to On Fire at Kramansky to just hang out. Yeah. And then I went over to meet with them. But, like, I was annoyed because I had messaged one of the guys and, like, are you still there? Because I wanted to confirm whether they're there or not so that I don't just show up and they're not there. Yeah. And, uh, like, I didn't get the message, like, response back. So I was, like, annoyed by it. So by the time I got there, I was, like, kind of in a mood. Yeah, I remember seeing. <laughs> and, um... One of them was like, why are you always in a bad mood? You know, why don't you like, why don't you like smile or why don't you be nice? Or... And like this particular person tells me to smile all the time. Right. Always tells me to be in a better mood all the time. And it's like, we're like, we've done enough fucking feminist movements <laughs> at this point for you to know not to tell women to smile. You know, like it's there's literally a fucking artist in Brooklyn who goes around painting murals with the words stop telling women to smile like all over Brooklyn, all over the world. And this guy is still doing it, even though I've I've told him you need to stop telling women to smile. And like, you know, I when I hung out with those guys, like I told all of them, like as a group, I was like, you know, it's it's not nice to say that to women because you're telling you're imposing onto a woman, onto a woman, and telling her how to physically emote and physically behave, and this and that. And then his logic was like, "Well, I'm just saying that so that I can help you be in a better mood." I was like, "But that's not your fucking job, you know? Why can't you just let a woman just be her own autonomous self and let her just be her and let her feel whatever she wants to feel and be in whatever mood she wants to be?" And have a facial expression as however she pleases, because that's her fucking body, you know. And those are her emotions and her feelings. Like why, why does she have to make you feel like feel comfortable or accommodate your emotional needs or your mood, you know? Because she just wants to be however she wants to be. You know what I mean? It was just like so annoying. And like I've explained that to them. And then one of the guys was like, well, I kind of agree with him. Like, he's just trying to help you be in a good mood. And I was like, you guys have to stop agreeing with one another because you're all guys. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't like it if a woman came up to you and said, hey, um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you lighten up a little bit? You know, why don't you sit up straight? And why don't you, why don't you just put some makeup on? Put a little makeup on. You know, I think you should work on your cheekbones. You know, why don't you fix your face up? Why don't you um, lose some weight? Why don't you... Uh, not ejaculate all the time. How about don't ejaculate? Don't eject. Do not jerk off. Don't jerk off. Hey, don't ever talk about your penis. How about that? Don't ever talk about your penis. I was like, how would you like it if people who are not your people kept telling you to be something that you don't want to be, you know, and won't let you just be who you are? And, and then they were like, OK, like, you know, we get it. But then last night he said it again. Why are you in such a bad mood? Like, why can't you just be in a good mood? 
And it's like, why are you always telling me to be in a good mood? You know what I mean? It's, it's just started to escalate. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I kind of had it at that point. And I was just like drinking more. And I was just like bitching about it. And then one of his bros was like defending him later on. Going like, yeah, but like I know him more for what he is. You know, like I, I know him. And I know he's a really smart guy. And I know that like, you know, he's not a bad person. Like I know him more than you. I know. And he's my friend. And I was like, yeah, but like you guys will always like affirm one another also that makes it worse yeah 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 if you enable and support that kind of shitty behavior you're just like you know enabling and promoting that kind of shitty behavior even though you're saying to me to my face that you agree and you hear what i'm saying you actually don't agree with me you're not hearing what i'm saying because you're just backing up your bruh your boys and i was just like so kind of done with that you know i like, i don't like Again, and then this again goes back to like me saying like I don't want to date guys. I don't want to date people. I'm just like, you know, if I was genuinely like attracted to women, I would pursue women. But like, I'm not, you know, like or I haven't met a woman that I'm like attracted to enough to pursue her. You know, yeah. Not to say that I haven't hooked up with girls. Like I have, but like I was just like, oh, it's like it's not my cup of tea. You know, I, I prefer I prefer guys. So. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, then I'm just, like, not going to date. And, in fact, I got to one point where I was, like, maybe... And this was, like, when I was on acid. <laughs> I had this thought. I was, like, women are increasingly not procreating because they're mad at the patriarchy in the world. So they're, like, okay, if you're going to mistreat us and treat us like garbage all the time, then we're just not going to give you children, you know? Yeah. Which is what people need in a society a capitalist society they need bodies you know to both be laborers and to be consumers so i was just like yeah like so then this is like a radical feminist stance to like choose not to have a child and be like i'm gonna withhold it i have this i have this great ability to have a baby i'm just like not gonna have a baby yeah fuck you yeah and so and then and then it got to a more extreme idea while i was on acid i was like wouldn't it be great if women can evolve out of having periods? Because I know, that's the next step. That's the next. That's the goal. That's the next thing. And I was like, I want to. I want us to evolve out of having periods so that like we're not like. I mean, we kind of can because we with the contraceptive. With the contraceptive pill has so many side effects, so it's a weird one. Yeah, it fucks up our body even more. Yeah. And actually, it's like for guys, they're like, oh well, that's great. Then I don't have to use a condom, you know, or fucking deal with your blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't have to, yeah, you're not going to bleed all over the place all the time and bitch about how, how much you're bleeding all the time. So, yeah, I was thinking more, like, radically in terms of that, like, physically or physiologically, anatomically, how can we protest with evolution? <laughs> you know? Researchers, get, get working. And, of course, this is just, like, me on my acid brain. You know what I mean? So it's funny, but... Uh, genuinely i don't like it when men tell me to smile yeah yeah that's understandable okay cool how you doing good good yeah cool tired this is my first time airbnb with um like living with a person like with the host and uh i don't prefer it (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's just hard finding an apartment in Berlin in the summer. Yeah. So it's conveniently right off the, the 7 train, but um, yeah, it's, it's not the Neukölln that I know. It's true. It's not like near Hermannplatz. No. Know, Hermannplatz is like an hour walk from here. Yeah. So. Do you bike at all? I don't bike in Berlin. That's the stupid thing. <clears throat> I should, but I mean, every time I come here, I'm only here for like two, three months. Mm. Sometimes one month. And yeah. Like if I have a bike, then what would I do with the bike if I leave? You know. And then it's probably it's probably quite expensive to rent for that long. Yeah. Although they have these app things now where you only pay when you use it and you get the first hour free every time you ride, I think. Every single time you ride? Maybe it's per day. So that an hour free a day. Wow. How do they and they're dotted around. It's like an app system. Mm-hmm. You've seen those uh, bikes, like the jump ones, and like, you know, uh, so they're, they, you can look on an app and see where there's a bike free. Uh-huh. And then you just drop it off mm. when you don't want to use it anymore. Yeah. Maybe you could look into that next time. Yeah, I could. How would they make money if it's an hour free every time? Because I think it's a lot of the time it's tourists, and like they oh. use it a lot more. Mm. I think. Okay. And also they have advertised like, I think that's why they have like, hmm. have their advert on it. So it's also like the one. There's one that's like says powered by Uber. So I guess it's also like an advert for oh. Uber. So even though they're not making money. Right. They're driving it around as free acting, inclusive advertising. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I think, and I think one is Barclays as well, so they probably get money from Barclays or something. Okay. To have it, so there's always ways. Interesting. Yeah. It's an advertising involved. There's a sponsor I really want. Oh, who's that? It's Otto Berlin. They make these jackets. Okay. This one. I own like five of their jackets. So what is it, a Berlin company? It's a Berlin designer company. And they also um, are associated or own the shop Jimmy's, that bag over there, Jimmy's. Okay. And it's a boutique in uh, Prenzlauerberg and in Hakashemacht. Mm. And yeah, I love their jackets. I have like so, so many of them. And I always wear them when I go on stage. Right. Cause so I, it already works then. Exactly, so I feel like... You could contact them. They follow me on Instagram now. Yeah. But... I, I mean, w- the worst thing to do is say no. I want them to give me more of their jackets. Or If you're wearing them on stage and you're like, you know, I'll just make sure there's pictures of your stuff online. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I should talk to the owner. Maybe they could sponsor one of my shows. Because I think there's a few uses... Um, Mm-hmm. Crazy bosses sauce. Oh right, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a company. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'd rather not support them. Yeah, I see that sauce everywhere. Yeah, I thought it's good. I'm not really into spicy sauces, so. Oh yeah, but because um, you're English. Yeah. Yeah. It has changed more with age and more into spices now, but like, it, it's weird because if you go into like a German place, it's like I, I can have something that says spicy, but then I'll go to an Indian, and it's like. We'll say like there's no spice and like oh right yeah <laughs> so depends uh-huh. still yeah right on how are you with spice I like spicy food it's not good for me but I like it 
Um, I prefer like spicy food if it's like Korean spices. Okay. Um, I can't really do like Chinese spices. I definitely can't do Thai spices. Okay. Those chilies are different. You know, depending. How are they different? Because I just, I'm so out of knowing knowledge. Yeah. What is the difference between Korean and Chinese? Well, the Chinese have, it depends on the region in China, but they have, you know, have you had a uh, Mapo tofu? No. So they, they have this certain spice. It's, it's like, uh, it means like the spice is named after the chili that makes your mouth numb because it's so spicy. Okay. So it has this like, and people like, they like this yeah. flavor. Um, and it has like this sort of a, how do you say, like a, like a coriander kind of flavor as well. Okay. It's like, it's like a very like herbal spice. Okay. And, um, that will fuck me up. I like it. What do you mean by fuck you up? Like it'll fuck up my stomach. Right. Like I hospitalize. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I'll just like shit my brains out the next right, day. Okay. But, um, it, I like it, but like, I can't eat it often and I'll, if I eat it, then I'm just like, okay, well I'm just going to have to clear my schedule tomorrow. You know, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Um, Thai spices, uh, they make me sweat immediately. Like, have you had a papaya salad from a Thai restaurant? No. You really need to eat. What's, I, do just, you, I don't like spice. I always avoid. Yeah. You really things. need to explore your. Your cuisine. Like I said, man. with age, it started to get like my my taste buds are getting more interesting. Definitely. Yeah. So now I'm trying more stuff. But you you must have had Thai food. Yeah, I always get like the thing that's the lightest, and then often it's still too much. What do you? Or I need loads of water. It's okay, but I yeah. have to keep having water. Yeah. So... No, then don't have Thai chilies because it'll fuck you <laughs> up. They're very small. The Thai yeah. chilies are very small. Uh, they're red, and um, they're. Very spicy. Like, the heat is so intense. It's not even, like, a flavor. It's just, like, a whole sensation. Like, my whole right. body, I just start sweating buckets immediately. And um, that, to Thai spices, it gives me a headache after. Like, it's very potent. Um, but I love papaya salad. So, like, if I get it, then, again, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be sick for the rest of the day. I'll just be tired and sick. Um, but the Korean spices, like, they have the, the it's called kochikaru, which is just uh, red pepper flakes. Okay. They sell that, and they have kuchujang, which is red pepper paste. And they, like, Koreans use it for, like, everything. Like, you know, they make kimchi with it, they make sauces with it, they make stews with it. And, uh, I guess since I grew up eating it, you know, since I was a kid, like, my body is somewhat adjusted to those spices. Yeah. So I can handle it, and it doesn't like, you know, make me shit my brains out or anything. I'm, I'm fine when I have yeah. them. Um, I do sweat a little bit, though, when I eat spicy food. But I generally sweat a lot. So, yeah, that's just how my body is. But generally, spicy food is not good for me. Good for okay. my body type. Yeah, because I'm over, always overheated. Okay. So I'm not supposed to eat spicy food, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like eating it, so... I have found that when I eat slightly spicy food if i like have a cold or something it helps to clear out the cold yeah yeah but i guess that's makes not you... yeah not not taking it too far so makes you snot yeah 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 it's like going to the sauna or something yeah 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 it's good. yeah it's like a cheap sauna yeah a spicy meal a spicy meal with a sauna yeah i always feel bad when i go to the sauna i'm hungover though it's really good for hangovers but i just feel sorry for everyone else right because you sweat out all the toxins yeah, and I probably stink of booze. 
Yeah. <laughs> I should go to a sauna. Have you been to any of the saunas here? I have not. No, I'm, I haven't yet. You haven't? No. You've I've been here way longer than yeah. me. Yeah. I've had some great ones. I'm a bit, um, I'm a bit afraid. Of what? Of nudity. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that's a good point. I was gonna take my mom. I forgot about that everyone's nude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're just butt naked. I mean, like, you know, Americans are, like, very anti-nudity. So is English. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys are a little more open to that. I can't compare, but no, we're not cool with it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess the Americans (laughs) technically learned it from the English. The Victorian mentality. Yeah, I mean, it's not not as bad as the the Victorians were, but yeah. Um, Well, I guess with the Americans, it's more of, like, a Puritan mentality. It was, like, a Christian thing. Like, yeah, it's not a Christian thing for us. It's just like I don't know it's what a Victorian it is. Victorian thing. Just so what? It's a Victorian thing. Victorian thing. Yeah, with the petticoats. I don't know. We're weird with the whole sex. Like we're just talking about stuff generally that's to do with like bodies and sex. It's just mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Like yeah. when I came here, it's just like oh wow, people actually talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I still can't work out if it's like Berlin or a German thing. Mm. I'm not really sure. I think it might be both. I love it though. I love how open they are here. Yeah. Um, I mean, often they criticize like uh, Germans who live in Berlin anyway for not being romantic. But I kind of like this straightforward. Like mm-hmm. I don't like this kind of. Mm. You know, oh, they have this mentality that, um, like that you they should fight for you, like chase you, mm-hmm. and it's like that really just bugs me. It's just like, I said no, like. Who get ha- away. Who has that mentality? Uh, well, men, I'm just talking about men generally. I think, and if you look at, like, films and fairy tales, like, it comes from somewhere. It's not like they've just decided it. Yeah. And and a lot of women, like, a a lot of women expect it, like, actually, now that, like, uh, there's more about, like, oh, you you should leave a woman alone if they say so. There's actually, like, women who are like, oh, I must be ugly now because no one's chasing me. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, no one's chasing me uh, to kill me, so I must be hideous. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... Well, I'm, I'm happy for it, but yeah, it doesn't... Well, I mean, yeah. I, think the, I think the reason why women want to feel pursued is because, you know, so many guys don't try, you know what I mean? And that, like, women have already experienced enough letdowns from guys... And so it's like women kind of want the guys to prove that they're serious. There is know? that element. I used to do that. At the moment, I'm actually uh, enjoying learning how to flirt, which I could never do back home. Because it's like they always come to you. The guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm actually... That, that doesn't matter. But yeah, the point is I'm learning how to flirt more. And it's like... So it's you're learning cool. how to be the, the pursuer. A bit, but like I don't think it'll ever be the, quite the same. But all the all the girls that I talk to yeah. who've dated Germans always say the same thing, and they say you have to be the more aggressive one. The girls have to be more aggressive because the guys here will just stand still. I don't know, but I've been with a few Germans. I would say it's more definitely more equal. And if you like, if you say you're not interested, they will just be like okay and just disappear, <laughs> which is kind of a bit weird. Yeah. So, um, but I prefer it. But yeah, I definitely had that thing when I first came here. It was like, well, I guess I must just not be attractive here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, hmm. took a bit of getting used to. Yeah. yeah. I don't, 
I don't really try it with that stuff. I don't care, really. Um, what, about dating at all? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I don't really care to date or pursue that. Or, I mean, it's fun, you know, like, ha getting male attention is fun. So if I feel like, oh, I'm feeling a little, a little down, you know, <laughs> or I'm feeling a little, you know, like I, I need a little boost of ego or self-esteem or something, then I'll just go and, like, hang out with some cute guys, you know? I won't, like, fuck with them. I don't, like, sleep with them or anything like that. But just kind of enjoying their, like, presence for a little bit. You yeah. Know? Kind of taking, like, getting their attention for a little bit. And then I go home, and I'm fine for, like, five months. <laughs> That's right. Do you get a reaction that, like, you're what you're mess them around or give them mixed signals no because okay. I, don't, I don't do that you know I, I'm not there like licking my lips and like you know no, like, sometimes shaking it my just tits. happens like I, it ju I just happen to lick my lips and shake no, my tits no 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 it happens that they get the wrong message because you're just literally <laughs> sitting there like talking to them yeah do you not sometimes, get that sometimes I mean no not really um, and if they do get that message, then it's up to them to ask me about yeah, it. Yeah, of course, and then yeah. I can clear the air about yeah. whether it is or isn't. But I've never run into that problem. Um, yeah. It's just, like, I don't do any of the dating apps. And I think that's sort of the culture now. Yeah. Like, if you want to date, you have to work at it, right? And I'm like, no thanks. That yeah. sounds atrocious like I'm not gonna spend hours out of my day or my week um, trying to find somebody to like get a coffee with and then like be bored by for 45 minutes you know but I think the idea I, I've actually recently started on a day and they ask a lot of questions mm. like the people on the thing no like so you have like the site itself so I started using OkCupid I'm not talking yeah, about this. Okay, yeah, ask yeah, a lot yeah. of like, yeah. so you can s actually see, and then you see like what things are actually important to them and stuff. Yeah, but so honestly, genuinely, OkCupid okay is asking you fifty billion questions yeah. to mine your data. That's really genuinely what it is. I mean, some of it they like all do that though, right? They all do yeah, it. They all so, do it. I don't know. But OkCupid okay like they very pointedly do it, and it's like, this is stupid. Like I'm telling you everything about me for nothing you know it's just a waste of time know. i'm not into it i'm just like very I got it like it might have even been yesterday mm. one or two days yeah i just thought i should in the way that everyone talks about it yeah and i feel like i get into that point where i should really know mm -hmm. um and then decide if I don't like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So right now you want to date. You want to date guys. Well, it's for women. <laughs> oh, you're idea. dating girls right now? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's just, that's another reason why I chose that one. Because I thought it would be the best one for that. Oh. From what I've heard. Yeah. Um, yeah that's actually why I meant, like, I think it, that's why it's also different when I'm saying I'm learning to flirt. Oh. You're learning it's, to flirt with women. Yeah. It's like very, because mm. I guess you're on the same level and I have this kind of thing of like all the things that I've hated being done to me like oh don't accidentally do these things because I think sometimes I don't know I thought about it just because it's like that's what is just always been normal to me and mm -hmm. then been like 
thought, well, actually, I hated that, but it just, right. I don't know. Um, yeah, just this kind of book of, like, this is how you date. and But, yeah, trying not, like I said, trying not to be that person that I hated. Hmm. So what are, what are your moves that you've been learning? Well, I don't know, really. Like, like I sort of... Um, because I'm mainly just doing it on that and then trying to go to places where there's like where women would, are attracted to women but is it, that's only been a few times this mm. is really recent mm-hmm. so so like with like like with the dating thing yeah you hear lots of stories cause yeah it's my first time but just like you know actually finding something to comment on rather than just going hey you want to put okay yeah you want to hook up yeah, or, yeah hey yeah. you look really attractive like yeah. actually pick something that's kind of unique yeah. about them so um yeah like, we'll I, like see your, how it goes. I like your hat i like your hat i yeah. like your hat those are nice glasses yeah yeah girls like compliments girls do like compliments but girls That's like true. compliments when they come from somebody they like yeah or for me personally like i'll get a compliment from somebody i just don't give two shits about and then it means nothing yeah, I know that's an course, awful yeah. thing to say, no, but I it's mean, also wait, the truth. Just, like, why would it not be like that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, if uh, if somebody that really, like, if, like, you know, Barack Obama was like, hey, Grace, nice hat, I'd be, like, fucking over the moon. You'd be talking about it all year. All year, all, the rest of my life, goddammit. But, like, if some, like, nobody who gives a fuck was, like, nice hat, I'd just say thanks, and I wouldn't think two things, you know, I wouldn't yeah. think nothing of it. It's sad how that is, but... It's not really. I mean, that just makes sense, right? So we're just conditioned to think this way. Yeah. Guys have this misconception of me, a misreading of me. Okay. Um, and they think, like, I'm very tough, and I'm very, like, mean, and hard, and, like, cold, and unfeeling, which is completely and utterly not at all the case when it yeah. comes to, like, uh, like intimacy. Okay. I'm the, all the opposite of that. So I don't think they realize like how taxing it is and how much it takes out of me yeah. when I open up to a person. Like once that opens up, right, it's like, it's yeah. like, I'm like done for, you know, like my day is fucked. My week, my month. Yeah. However long I would have be having feelings for that person. Yeah. I'm just like ruined. Yeah, you know? and I and it's not good for me at all. You know, it's obviously like issues of boundaries and like all of that shit, but um, like that's just how I am. You know, so I know that about me yeah. too. So like in a way, like a lot of, a lot of um, th- like a lot of my, how do I say my demeanor? My demeanor is generally just a front. You know, mm. it's just like it's my guard is up. And, like, I mean, that's part of the reason why I do comedy, because humor is a great way to deflect. Mm. It's a form of self-defense, oftentimes, you know? And, like, um, it's easier to make jokes about something rather than be uh, sincere or, you know, honest, you know? And vulnerable. Mm. And, like, I don't... Yeah, and it's just, it's too, it's too hard for me, so... Um, yeah, I think that's why I'm not dating at the moment. Also because, like, my priorities right now are very, very clear. Like, whereas when I was younger, my priorities were not that clear. Yeah. Like, I knew what I wanted to do. I've translated oh, wow. books. I've pr- produced films. I'm wow. still producing a film. 
I shot my own short documentary, which is still, like, I still have to edit and all that. But I was like, what is it that I really want to do, right? Like, what, like, this is great, it's fun, but, like, I can't, like, with the writing stuff, I felt like I wasn't going to become a good enough writer. Right. You know? I was just like, am I ever going to get that good, you know? And I was like, maybe not, right? And then with the filmmaking, it's too collaborative. You know, you're, mm. nothing is ever done in film on your own. Like, you're always dependent on other parties with yeah. the filmmaking thing. And I was just like, this is a nightmare, you know? Mm. Like, I, I feel like I have no control over anything, which you don't. You don't. And so I was like, I don't, and it takes a lot of time. And I was like, writing was easier for me because it's a solo thing. And then I, you know, I was just listening to, like, my friends around me talk. And, you know, they've always said, like, you know, why don't you do comedy? Like, you're funny, why don't you do comedy? And I would just get annoyed by that question because I'm like, of course I want to do comedy. Like, of course I want to be a stand-up comic. And they're like, well, then why aren't you doing it? And I was like, well, it's fucking scary. Mm. And they would be like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is really scary. I get it. And then, like, one day this girl, she's a filmmaker, UCLA filmmaker, Shirley, she was like, Grace, have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? And I gave her the same answer, like, of course. Like, I wanted to do it since I was, like, a teenager. And she's like, well, then why aren't you doing it? Yeah. And I was like, because it's scary. And she's like, and she said it just point blank with no empathy at all. Right. She was like, I think you should get over it. Yeah. You should get over that fear. It's just one thing. And I was like, all right, she's right. You know, I knew she was right. And, like, I always knew that that was something I wanted to do. Like, I would watch, like, stand-up specials. Mm. I would watch other comedy specials, like, not stand-up, but, like, you know, variety shows or whatever. And I would be so jealous, right? I would just be, like, so jealous. I'm like, how? Like, they're so lucky to be doing that. You know, like, how did they get over this? You know, and I would just, like, it would be, like, a visceral bodily reaction. You know, I would be, like, shaking because I was, like, so jealous. And I, and I wanted to do it so badly, but I couldn't, you know? I felt like I could not do yeah. it. And, like, um, what Shirley said helped. And then I went on an academic conference, because um, I work in academia. I'm a PhD candidate. I went, up, I went on an academic conference. And it was intimidating, because it was abroad. It was in Helsinki. And uh, all these, like, scholars were there. These, like, famous professors and right. scholars were there. And then there were bunch of PhD candidates as well and all the PhD candidates were all like scared of this the professors right. and they were kind of like tiptoeing around them laughing at their bullshit <laughs> and like I just didn't have any of those qualms like I didn't have any of that fear or intimidation because I was just confident that I could make them laugh because I knew that I was way funnier than them right because they're a bunch of academics they're not funny yeah they're boring as hell and I knew that they were also bored by one another. So I just, and like, and I wouldn't even try. I would just be myself and they would find me really funny. And like those little moments of recognition, like self-recognition helped me get over that fear and be like, okay, like I'll do a mic, you know? So I started doing open mics at LA. And then, you know, it was, the first two were really bad. And then the third one, I got laughs. Good. And I was like, I think I can do this. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there I just kept doing it. I try to do it every day. 
And did you have uh, the idea of the character? Because you, you said it's not a true reflection of how you are as a full person, or did it? Mm-hmm. How did that develop? I think it just, it's a natural thing. Like, because when I'm on stage, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I'm on stage, I'm very scared. Like, I'm very intimidated by being on stage, being looked at, you know, which is ironic because, like, what the fuck are you doing on stage? (laughs) But I'm very scared. So my, like, the faces I make, the grimaces I make, my body Mm. language, all of that, that seems very, like, reserved and, like, almost, like, panther-like, like, very, like, you know, like, I'm about to, I'm crouching and, and I'm about to attack at any moment. All of that is just very honest, genuine reactions that my body is doing <laughs> out of defensiveness because I'm so scared. And it's so funny because people are like, you're so scary on stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have no idea how scared I am of you. <laughs> you know, I don't tell them that. I just laugh and I move on. But then like people would come up and say like, oh, you know, I was so afraid to approach you because your stage persona is so scary, mm. but, like, in person, you're really nice. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, in person, like, I'm fine. It's just when I'm there, like, I have to be like that. Otherwise, I'll die, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. How do you feel after you got off stage? Like, just after a performing? I'm, like, totally, you know, well, I'm still coming down from the adrenaline. Yeah. But then I'm relieved. And if the set went well, I'm very, very happy. Yeah. If the set, set went lukewarm, I'm like, all right, that kind of sucked. Um, if the set went poorly, then I'm just, like, really, really bummed out. Mm. I'll be bummed out for the next two days, probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it affects me. But luckily, I didn't have too many bad sets recently. Um, like, I can't remember the last time... I was just bombing from beginning to end. What's the longest you've done where it's gone really badly the whole length? The whole time? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess like six minutes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So an open mic. Yeah, at a yeah, mic. Yeah, an open mic, yeah. Because yeah. oh. you do other shows as well. Yeah, no, I've, done, much, yeah. I've done showcases, yeah. Um, yeah, show, is there a showcase where it was just, like, bombing the whole time? No. There was a showcase, um, in LA that I was doing. The crowd was very tough. Hmm. It was, like, really late at night, too. Right. It was, like, at 10 p.m. Okay. And it was going on till like, midnight. So okay. the crowd, and it was a Sunday night. Right. So the crowd is just tired. They're yeah. tired. Uh, most of them are friends of the comics. Right, you know? okay. Um, and they didn't know you. They don't know me, they right, don't care, okay. and nobody gives a sh- fuck who the other comics are right. if they have no, yeah. you know? So, they were a very tough crowd, and, like, I had my set list written out, like, two, three days prior, and I was, like, you know, pra- I was rehearsing it whenever I had time. And then I go on stage, and, like, most of my, the items on my set list were, like, like race-related topics. Okay. And so they're, like, you know, thought-provoking witty race jokes yeah and they were just like you know you could feel the eye roll in the room Mm. it wasn't that the jokes were not funny it's just that's not what they wanted to hear yeah on a sunday night late that night when everybody's tired and they don't want to think about shit like that heavy shit yeah and so heavy yeah i could be heavy yeah and 
they, and I was like, how do I turn this ship around? So I said a joke about pedophilia, and I said a joke about, like, vaginas and dicks, and they were, like, dying. Like, they love, that's what they wanted to hear. Right, so that was that's the audience. That's what I figured out. I was like, okay, yeah. if it's late at night, don't do the heavy mental stuff. Yeah. Just do dick jokes, pussy jokes. That's that's what they want to hear. Yeah. And they loved it. And I was like, okay, okay, I figured it out. Yeah. So if whenever I get booked there on a late night, then mm-hmm. I only do like easy, dirty jokes. Yeah. And if it's like earlier at like 7.30 or if it's at like a, a different showcase where, you know, like the alt crowd is like, you know, more liberal and intellectual and they want to laugh at smart shit, ah, then I'll do like my woke, quote unquote, woke stuff, you know, like the feminist and... Um, like racial politics, identity politics, like that kind of stuff. So that was also like a a really nice learning curve for me, like figuring out the audience and like learning to meet their needs, you know? Because I remember that same night, there were comedians yelling at the audience, going like, you know what the comedians are saying out there about you? They're like, you're a shitty crowd. They're saying you guys are shitty. Oh, what the hell is your problem? Helps. Oh my god, that yeah, they're just help. like belittling oh, like, and berating the the audiences yeah, who are yeah. there for them. Yeah, the audience members the worst. spent money to be there, and you know, uh, clubs in in the states they require like a two drink minimum. And, dude, drinks at clubs are expensive. Like, you could get a Coca-Cola for, like, $6, okay? So, they're spending money, and they're there for us. And then the fucking comedians, uh, without yeah. te- with, they don't even open up with a joke. They just open up by yelling at them. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you ruining our room? Like, yeah, you know, just figure it out. Like, it's our job to figure them out. And let's say the time, we run out of time, and we don't figure them out. That's fine too, but you tried at least. You try, yeah. It's so annoying going after someone who's just accused the audience of not being good enough. Yeah, that's what happened to me. That's and that happens yeah. to me often at that particular club. Mm. And the people who yell at the audience members and call the audience members shitty are usually white guys. Usually <laughs> these self entitled white guys who, for some reason, think that people should just love them and laugh at everything they say and adore them for no reason yeah they, they haven't earned it but no, they but feel entitled to it for some sick reason is this in you, you said la yeah this is in la yeah yeah. yeah yeah and i'm just like um fuck you like who the fuck are you so how do you deal with it if you, i just i just you know i just like i mean i'm venting about it now but yeah like that and then i would just go on stage and i would just do my set Okay. And I would do the set that I know would work yeah. for a crowd like that. And they yeah. would laugh and they would love me. And then they would say, oh, we really liked your set after. And I would say, thank you. It was so nice of you. Yeah. And we would both mean it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It would yeah. Be a nice exactly. thing. They're not, these people aren't going to go up to those assholes who berated them and but say nice you, set. You were right. We should be better. <laughs> I've only paid money to be here. You're right. I should laugh at you, whatever you say. Yeah, you were right, sir. I'm a shitty, <laughs> shitty audience member. What was I thinking? Not Jeez, laughing. Let me suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> to make up for it. Let me suck your cock. No, it's genuinely frustrating, you know? Because, like, we all know what it feels like to not get laughs, you know? Like, yeah, sure. And it is horrible. <clears throat> But it's not the audience's fault always, you know? Sometimes it is. But like, <laughs> I'm 
actually, wait, wait, wait. Okay, now I remember. The longest set that I've done where I was not doing so well was here in Berlin. It was at, okay. it was at Kookaburra. Okay. It was uh, Drew Portnoy's Midnight Show. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Boy, did I sweat. I mean... <laughs> I How was many people were in the audience? Like... Ten? Okay. Um, two of them were my friends. Okay. Um... It was late at, it was midnight. Yeah, it's a midnight show. On a Sunday. Uh, it was raining. It was, this was in February. Um, yeah, they were not happy. They were not happy. Um, I, I was supposed to do, I think, 20 minutes, and I just did 15, and I fucked off. Because, like, you know, you account for the laughs, you know? Okay, right. But because I wasn't getting laughs, yeah, it, it shortened my, my state, my stage time. Um. Also, yeah, it was just like a weird night. Um, I wasn't necessarily doing anything that was outside of my normal routine. I was doing stuff that I had tried out met at many places, and they had all worked. Um, so I was just like, what am I doing wrong? But I don't even know what to do right now about this. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it was just so, like, daunting. So what I ended up doing was I just started cracking up by myself. Laughing, at, you mean? At the fact that it was bombing. Right, yeah. Yeah, I would say my punchline, get no laughs, <laughs> and then start laughing by myself, being like, this is ridiculous. They didn't even laugh when you were doing that. When I started laughing, that's when they would laugh. Ah, okay. I think it's because I was resigned to the fact that, like, this audience is not my audience. You know, like, I don't have them. You know, they're not with me. I was just very resigned to that. Right, yeah. And because I was resigned to that, it was just so ridiculous that I was still up there <laughs> trying to make them laugh and them yeah. not laughing no matter what I do. Yeah. And I was so resigned to that. It was so absurd that I was laughing, you know? And I was very comfortable on stage after that point. And okay. And I was okay with it. Um... I mean, I still had, like, you know, this shitty residue afterwards, you know, feeling like, God, like, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't so hot tonight, you know? Yeah. And it's embarrassing because, like, a couple of my friends were also there. And uh, I was just like, oh, it was a little lousy, but I kind of shelved it away as, like, when I was up there bombing and then I was resigned to the fact that I was bombing and then I was suddenly enjoying myself. Yeah. Like, finding the humor in it. I, I was like, that's a good feeling. So I liked that part Yeah, about it. Which Character is... building, I feel like sometimes doing stand-up is... Yeah. Yeah, it I is. Maybe it's for everyone. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. But definitely for me, I feel like it's building a lot of character that I couldn't do mm -hmm. any other way. Because mm -hmm. I've also done, like, um, performing poetry and story tennis. I mean, I love it, but they're always polite about it. Yeah. So you just, right. oh, I guess it was good. Exactly. You don't actually know what they thought about it. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. They don't like me. How do I do all this? Totally. You know? <laughs> yeah. And they're still going to clap at the end, you know? Like, they still clap at the end. With the poetry reading and the... And they're quiet. They're silent the whole time. So you assume that they're listening. and yeah, very often they're not. And very moved by her words. But yeah, often they're not. Often they're, they don't understand what the hell you're saying. But oh, they still yeah. clap at the end. So... That's the thing. That's the difference yeah. in stand-up. Like, I said this to a bunch of other comic friends of mine recently. When you're bombing, it's like saying I love you to somebody and then them not saying I love you back. 
And everyone looking. And everybody just is like, I love you. And that person just stares right back at you with like no emotions in their eyes, no love for you, and just dead silent. And it's like, wow, yeah. how can I go on with my life now, now that this has happened? And yet you go on. So that's what bombing is. Do you freak out more or are you more nervous when uh, people you know are watching? Like not other comics, but if someone's... A friend is visiting or something and they're like, oh, I'll come see you watch. Um, no, I don't freak out. Um, like, I did a cosmic showcase two weeks ago. It was a 15-minute set. And uh, I had finished my entire set list at 13, within 13 minutes. Oh, okay, 13 yeah. or 14 minutes. Yeah. And I'll, and that, but, so I didn't get the light, even though I had done everything mm. I, I planned to do. And they had worked. I had a good 13-minute set. What I should have done was gotten off stage. Right. But because I didn't get the light and I felt the pressure to fulfill yeah. my 15-minute duty, yeah. I said another bit Right. that worked like 70% of the time. Right. And it fell dead flat. Oh, no. And I'm like, I can't, mm. I can't leave the stage with this yeah so I did another bit that's relatively aggressive but always got laughs right but it's relatively aggressive and in comparison to my set list that evening it was starkly aggressive so I was like well I'll have to use that as my closer then and I do it and but then by that point the, the audience just seems like frightened and confused but they still laughed you know? okay it was like but it was like lukewarm, tepid laugh. So I was like, all right, well, I guess that'll have to do then. And then I got off stage. And my friend was there. Yeah. Like a friend of mine who um, lives in Berlin and like he's very supportive of my stand-up. And he hasn't seen me on stage in a while. So like he had come to my like long showcase thing. And that was like kind of embarrassing for me because um, I wanted to do really well. But like, you know, my friend had to witness me not do so well. So I don't freak out. Like, if my friends want to come, I'm, like, fine with it. I'm happy yeah. to get the support still. But you do it with the risk of failing, you know, or not doing so well. And then your friend having to witness you not do so well or yeah. fail. And me, as somebody who's, like, you know, afraid of, like, vulnerability and intimacy and all of that, like, I don't even want my friends to see that side of me. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, that part is irritating. But I think, like, um, over time, like, I'm starting to feel it already, like, not having anybody there that I know is better, in a way. Like, I wish there was nobody, like, I wish the room was just all strangers. Like, not I, even I, other comedians? Or, you okay with that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's just inevitable. I can't yeah. control that. No, but in, in an ideal world, hypothetically. Yeah. Um, well, I feel conflicted with that because there are comedian friends of mine that I really really love and if they're there like laughing I feel so supported and good yeah but the downside to that is I don't know if they're laughing because my jokes are actually funny or if it's because they're just supporting me because they're my friend so for that reason I wish they were not there but the but having them there is like so nice you yeah know what okay. I mean? and, and and I don't even want to become like dependent on that either you know like right, I want to yeah, be able yeah. to stand on my own yeah so I feel conflicted with that with the other comedians like the ones that I 
either look at like admire look up to or comedians I don't like if they're there then I also feel pressure well not the ones I don't like the ones that I look up to that I admire if they're there then I feel pressured mm. to really kill and then the people that I don't like I don't care if they're there like yeah I prefer it if they stay and watch me kill you know what okay, I mean? Right. So it's like a vindictive kind of feeling. So I'm driven in different ways, I yeah. suppose. So it depends on the comic. September the 14th, Saturday, you're doing a show called Bumblebee? Bumblebee, yeah. Yeah? It's um, two black guys and two Asian girls. So okay. black stripe, yellow stripe. Yeah. Bumblebee. Isn't so. it like the, the Taiwanese is something about stinging? Oh, so that's a Muhammad Ali quote. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, um, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Okay. And it's such a beautiful quote. And so, yeah, we're going to float like butterflies and sting like bees. How are you going to do that? By doing really well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a strong, really strong lineup. You know, we got Daniel Olel, very, very funny. Um, Erica Ratcliffe. Obviously, very, 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 very funny. Um, I'm there. <laughs> You're already funny. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it about you, so you don't have to say it about yourself. Thank you. Grace is really funny. <laughs> and Tyrone, of course, like Tyrone. Very, 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 very funny guy. Uh, Berlin's beloved. Um, so. And you were quite different styles in a way. As we're well. all so But you were kind of similar. Yeah, we're just so starkly different. I think that's wonderful about us. We're just so radically different from one another. But we get along. Like, I love those guys. We get along really well. Yeah. Um, so that's what I like about Where this is it? lineup. Is that 800A? Oh, nice. In Vedding. In Vedding, yeah. A room I really love. And Fabio was very kind enough to let us use the venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, is it ticketed? Uh, I think you can RSVP on Facebook, or maybe there's an Eventbrite. Eventually, there will be an Eventbrite. Okay. Um, so booking, RSVPing beforehand will guarantee you a seat, and it will obviously sell out, like all of Tyrone's shows sell out. Yeah. Um, so RSVPing is highly recommended. It's not, uh, like, it's not pay to get in. Right. So it's donations. It's still donations. At the end, yeah. So it's technically a free show, but, you know, you're getting a great free show, so please donate between 5 to 10 euros, and that'll help. At least. At, yeah, at for least. For those four. Yeah. Yeah. For these four, my God. It, yeah. I mean, you're getting cream of the crop. You really are. You're getting grade A beef. Yeah, you've you got know. Tyrone, who just does so many shows. Yeah. And, you know, like, sometimes someone will go on. Yeah. He's made the whole room feel awkward, and he'll have them back on track in, like, ten seconds. Yeah, I know. You That's know? what I love about Tyrone. Like, there was this guy, he closed... He was the closer. He was the headlining act. Right. And he ended with a punchline. I don't even remember what the setup was, but the punchline was, so we raped her. <laughs> that was the punchline. I you know to a full the headliner. I mean, I've seen that a lot of joke time, but the it was yeah. a fully packed room, very hot crowd, and that was his punchline, and nobody laughed. Of course, it was wow, dead pure, pure deafening dead silence, and all of us just like us comedians were sitting, we were all just looking at one another in shock, yeah. like what? And then he pointed at a woman in the audience, was like, "What? You don't like that joke?" <laughs> 
you're gonna bully her into liking a rape joke? Are you kidding me? And then he got off stage, and then he just went home. Like, we didn't even hang out with him, right? And then Tyrone went on stage, and he just brought it right back up, you know? like. So, yeah, talk about the other people, I was going to say. So, Daniel, is it Olel? Olel, yeah. Daniel Olel. So, yeah, he's, um, well, he's, he's African, right? What part of Africa is he from? He's from Uganda. Uganda. And he's kind of like the confused African that came to Europe. That's how oh, he talks a lot about trying to uh, integrate here. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Daniel I, is such a sweet person. Like, yeah, he's so like genuinely like he has this like pureness to him, you know, and like it's so nice to be around that kind of pureness because, um, I don't. I guess this it's because like I have a younger brother and um, I grew up kind of like teasing him all my life. So when I see somebody like Daniel, it reminds me of like my younger, my kid brother and like kind of like fucking with his head, you know? Like, <laughs> I would suggest like extreme <laughs> radical things and he would just be so shocked, you know? Yeah, like, I can see how you relate the two, yeah. Yeah, like, so I'm, whenever I hang out with him, like I'm always like, I think my goal is to shock him. I want to say something so shocking. And then his reaction is so funny too. Cause he goes, what? Why? Why would I do that? You know? And, like, it makes me laugh so hard, you know? Because he's so genuinely shocked. I'm just messing around, you know? But I'll say it, like, so, like, sternly. Like, I mean it. I would commit to it. And he would just be shocked by what I'm saying. And it's just, like, this fun little game on my own. He has the best laugh. He does. (laughs) And he's just, like, yeah, he's just such a, like, he's, like, a nice person you know it's yeah like a, like a good stand-up person um and then you got erica yeah i feel like you should describe erica you know better than me maybe <laughs> well erica <laughs> is like she's like such a good comedian you know like when i first came to berlin the first person to give me a spot is tyrone it was okay. at an on fire yeah when it was still over at angles yeah so, um, I went to just see the comedy show. So I even paid like three euros to get yeah. in. And then as while well, I was sitting there, like uh, the guy who took my three euros was Naniso. Oh, he was yeah. doing the door. And then, um, he was like, where are you from? I was like, LA. He was, oh, the host is from LA. So he introduced me to Tyrone. And then he was like, are you a comic? I was like, yes. And then he was like, cool. And then, um, while I was just sitting there in the audience waiting for the show to start, he came up to me and said, can you do... A spot because one of my comics dropped out so I was like okay yeah and I immediately started drinking because I was <laughs> ner- nervous yeah but then the headliner that night was Erica okay and I laughed my fucking brains off you know it was just so funny and then after the set the show I just went up to Erica and I was like you're so funny like you know, and I just, like, asked her, like, you know, we just, like, had a chat, you know? And then Tyrone was also there, so the three of us were talking. So I guess they were, like, technically, like, my first, like, comedy friends in Berlin, which is... That's nice. I'm just starting to realize, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, 
um, I saw Erica a bunch of times after that too, and like I would see her at like I would see her at the nose often because Erica yeah she isn't, isn't, that, yeah. isn't vetting. So and I was living in Moabit, so I would go to the nose often. Yeah. So I would see her often, and um, whenever she was sitting on that couch, I would sit next to her and ask her questions like, "How do you do this? Or how do you do that? What do you think of this? What do you think of that?" And she would always answer all of my questions, you know, without irritation, without um, arrogance, you know, and like. Uh, she's a very like open person, you know, as long as you just ask questions. Yeah. I've never seen her like hesitate with a question ever. She always like is willing to engage and like, um, yeah. And like, she's a cool, she's a cool person, you know? I find a lot of what she says you don't expect from the image of her you don't get because she's quite small uh -huh. and I think she looks younger than she is. Maybe she doesn't. Um, well, I think she looks her age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying she looks older, but um, no. she's like mid-twenties. She looks mid-twenties to me. Um, but yeah, she's like... Oh, I thought she was 30. Okay, so she's... No. Like, <laughs> wow. No, no, maybe, no. Yeah. Maybe that's from knowing her because she's quite very mature. So I just assume she was older yeah, than she, I initially thought. She okay, has a, so yeah. She has a mature soul, I suppose. She's very, like, very, very, like... A thoughtful person like she thinks a lot and um, you know and uh, yeah she's a she's a good person as well um, yeah and like I've done two showcases with her and Tyrone um, the crazy broke Asians showcases yes. that we did and like it's always like a pleasure like performing with her and working with her you know she's easy you know what I mean and she doesn't have like any bullshit and, like, she's fun to talk to, you know? Like, we'll we'll have lunch every once in a while and, like, just shoot the shit and talk. And it's, like, so fun. And it, I like talking to her about the work, you know? About the business and about writing jokes. Yeah. What she and I will do often is, like... And this just happens naturally. We don't, like, sit and write together, like, at a cafe. Like, oh, do you think this is a punch? We don't do that. Yeah. We'll just be talking and then make each other laugh yeah and then after one of us laughs one of us will be like that's a bit yeah that's then, the best way to do it yeah and then like yeah. i'll go home or she'll go home and like i'll i'll just write it down and i'll turn it into a set yeah and then the next time we see her i'm like oh i tried the thing out and then we talk about it so it just happens naturally when i'm with her which is so fun you know i think like you know comedian friends like that are valuable to have have you ever done comedy courses or classes or meetups no, never. No. I've never done comedy classes. I wanted to take Caroline's advanced stand-up writing class because I had written a, a fairly dark bit about like my childhood and like suicide and things like that. And it, I was very intimidated by this set. So I wanted to work that out in her class. Yeah. But nobody signed up for that class. Oh, like, no. And then people dropped out, so she canceled it. Yeah. So my one opportunity to take a class was gone, but I was kind of like, maybe that's fine. Like, I, I actually kind of like being the purest comedian that hasn't taken any <laughs> classes ever and just figured it out. And I did figure it out. Yeah, the, you're the so five, strong now. The five minutes set, I figured it out just by taking Oh, you mean this particular set? Yeah. I this thought you just meant generally you figured it out. Oh yeah, generally I have also figured it out. Yeah, somewhat. I'm not. I'm nowhere near the level that I want to be at at all. Like I don't think I'm at all like good. You know what I mean? Like 
yeah, I, I get laughs, you know, I'm funny, but like, I'm not at all at a place where I'm like, yeah. You're like, very good at I'm responding to the audience. Yeah? Yeah, I was really impressed with when you did it with the babies. Oh, with the babies, yeah. That was uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's such a... That was such a tricky thing to navigate. Because when a person becomes a parent, their stakes rise so much more. And so the things that you can try out with them are suddenly radically limited, I think. And I was like... Yeah, on yeah. the one hand, like, they're parents and they're bored, so they want to hear, like, dirty jokes. But on the other hand, like, they do have their limits as well. And so, like, with when it came to, like, again, like, the, you know, dick, dick and pussy jokes, like, they're fine. They find that funny. But when you, when I was talking about, like, childhood and, like, suicide and, like, darker stuff, you know, I felt them yeah. being a little bit more uncomfortable with that. They didn't yeah. necessarily, like, not laugh, but I felt the discomfort, especially when I was trying to riff, like, all right, kids, you know, you're going to have to be able to, like, you know, like, become independent from your parents uh, eventually. And like, I think that kind of bummed them out a little bit, you know, because I'm sure that's something that parents, like, don't want to hear when, when the children are so dependent on them at the moment. But... Um, yeah, I thought a lot about like what kind of jokes would work in a room full of infants and parents, and so I wrote. You got a clap. Yeah, I got a clap because I was so distracted by that crying baby <laughs> that I forgot two of my bits. They just went blank as I was delivering. They just went blank, and I was just like, genuinely, my question was genuine when I said, "How do you guys do this?" <laughs> And they, they clapped because that was the funniest thing for them that day. Because they were like, yeah, this is our life. Because for them, they're so used to hearing kids cry. That's just white noise to them. And they could still yeah. focus on whatever they're doing. Yeah. they come all, But for me, I can't stand it when children cry. It's like the worst noise to me. It's so horrible. It's such a horrible sound. And it's so distracting. And so, like, it really like fucked with my set and my bits and I was when I said like gen like how do you do this? I was genuine and I think the sincerity made them laugh and I think that's why they clapped, which I appreciated. Um so yeah I'm gonna do the another baby one on Thursday. Ah okay, you're gonna do the other one. The projectile one. That's cool. Yeah. And uh I'm looking forward to that one because Doing this gig gave me some jokes for yeah. that gig, you know. Um, but yeah, it was like gen like really a good, a great exercise and challenge because in a lot of ways, like doing gigs like at clubs or at random venues, like more than half of the audience is going to be like infants, like distracted infants, you know. They're not listening. They're too drunk. They're not interested yeah. they are talking they're looking at their phone you know they're like not and so yeah. that's a really good practice to yeah. practice with babies is like practicing for drunk people yeah to a, I a, mean, a yeah. comedy audience yeah you know? that doesn't know who the fuck you are or care who the fuck you are yeah you know i'm talking at our level you know where we're not when we're a bunch of nobodies like it's the perfect. Are, yeah. That's the perfect room to practice in, and I I loved it though. I genuinely loved performing there on Tuesday. I would say because I've been to both now, just because of the layout of the room, the comedy cafe one is a bit more focused. Because uh, if 
they want to just just be with the baby on their own. They go out of the room. So mm-hmm. whereas I obviously see. with this one's a kinder cafe, so there is actually kids playing with things. Yeah. Um, and crying and they're not going to leave another room they're going to stay so there yeah it's like it's yeah once if they're in there they're actually like oh the baby's okay now yeah 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 you know for yeah. the moment so totally you get less like uh-huh. i think there's some breastfeeding but kind of less yeah. of that so you might find it a little bit easier and because you've done it already maybe, yeah i think as maybe. well so yeah it does give it a different vibe yeah yeah and like i was talking to dan stern i saw him on tuesday at Laugh Riot that evening. And I was like, oh, I did the baby uh, thing. And he was like, oh, how'd that go? I was like, it was good. And then he was like, you know how a comedy cafe stage feels so, like, cold for a stand-up? So I was like, yeah. He's like, well, when the children are there, mm. it really warms up the it's room. It's true as well, yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. You know? So I'm looking forward to doing it. Um, and Dan's also a really, really fantastic host. That's the other thing. Dan and Michelle are very different hosts. Mm. So, yeah, it just has a whole different vibe to it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I've never seen Michelle host. I think I saw her um, do a set at The Nose, like, once Yeah. last year in, yeah, okay. like, September or something. But I just remember her name and the fact that she was another Asian-American woman living in Berlin. And that's all I remember about her. I don't remember the set. I don't remember anything else. She's more of a riff rifter. Is that the right term? Someone who riffs. A riffer. Riffer. Yeah. Uh, whereas Nama is more like she's got jokes. She has her <laughs> set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, totally different. And obviously Dan and Lillian are totally different. Yeah. So very very different. But all good in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, they're all really really great hosts. Like. I envy that. I don't... I've never hosted. Hmm. Um, Do you want to? Not really. Okay. I don't think um, I'm a very accommodating host. You know what I mean? It'd be a certain type of show. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) Sit down. Sit wherever. Don't talk. You know? I'd be so mean. No, and like, I get similar reactions from like students because I teach at UCLA. I'm a teaching assistant, so I'll get these undergraduate students... And they're all, like, so fucking scared of me, you know? And I'm like... That's perfect. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what you want. That's what every teacher wants. Yeah, but I don't I don't want them to be afraid of me. I just want them to do their goddamn work and learn, you yeah, know? Well, you can't have it all, so... That's true. I can't have it all. So, like, I <laughs> just... better than they don't, like, they throw in things at you. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and I noticed what kinds of students gravitate towards me. Okay. Those are the A students. The okay. ones that... Aim to please any authoritarian figure. <laughs> Those, like, the, the tryhards, you know what I mean? Right. The ones that are used to challenges and like rigor. Yeah. Those students would always give me a good review or, like, say nice things. But the ones who need a lot of pampering and encouragement and support in order to yeah. get a fucking C+, plus, yeah. those students feel so abandoned and right. neglected by me. And they think I'm such a cruel, cruel uh, TA. But I'm just like, you know, I have my limits as well. (laughs) And I can't always. So I've just been telling people, like, maybe I shouldn't um, go to, like, a teaching-focused university. I should just look for a research-oriented university where I can, like, focus more on my own research. 
rather than focus too much on teaching because maybe teaching isn't necessarily a gift I have, you know? Can you, is that an option? Do yeah. You, yeah? It is. It's it is. Easy one. Totally. It's not an easy one. No. Oh, it's not an easy one. I mean, it's very competitive to get a, a tenure-track professor job in the States. Anywhere in the world, actually, but, um, like, at least I know my options and, like, where I should gravitate yeah. towards. I don't mind teaching. I quite like it, but it's just, like, I mean, if, if more is required out of me than I'm willing to do, then I'm, like, okay, then that's not for me. Mm. I'm just at a point in my life where I'm, like... I know what's for me and what's not for me. And if I have to try too hard to do something, then I'm just not going to do it because I know I have other things to do. Yeah. You only got so much time, right? Yeah. And I just want to live a happy life. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live a happy life. What is a happy life for you? Um, just like, just leave me the fuck alone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just let When you're on stage, you yeah. fuck off. <laughs> just leave me to do what I want to do and don't get in my way. Like, that's genuinely it. Like, I like to do it on my own. Okay, right. Leave Fair me enough. Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm so happy when I'm, you know. Like, right now, nowadays I'm so happy because it's summer break and, like, I do my writing during the day and I do comedy at night see my friends after, have lunch with a friend during the day. It's like, I'm so happy, you know? Nobody's hassling me, breathing down my neck, telling me to do this or do that. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Catch Grace, along with three other great comedians, at 800A this Saturday. Uh, I guess it starts about 8, is it? Doors open at 8. Yeah. 8.30. Show will probably start at 9. And RSVP, I'll put the link um, on the bio. Cool. Okay. Bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Bitch in Berlin. You can contact me at noseofwax, noseofwax at gmail.com.